Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinners, or saviors, or are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure. But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force to make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor. Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for, but we're giving it to you anyway. I am joined today by two wonderful guests, uh, Nick. How you doing? Hello, hello, hello. And Steven. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. Yeah. I am glad to have you guys back. I know, Stephen, you've recorded before. Nick, we haven't recorded together. Have you been on the podcast before? This is actually my fourth uh, minute, but my first three were all with uh, Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. Yeah, and this is only this is only my second minute, and my first one was with you. So I'm so delighted to have you both back um, for uh, episode 69. So for those of you following along at home, that is minute 68, uh, which is uh, time code an hour and 8.01 through an hour 09. And uh, if you are still following along at home, I hope things get better. We open on, you know, one of the best ways to open any minute, uh, one of my favorite ways to open a minute in this, in this movie, is on waves crashing on the beach. We establish uh, that we are on the rich side of town. It opens much like uh, Inception opened with waves crashing. So I think <laughs> yes. the comparison is fair. I agree. I agree. I think Christopher Nolan would uh, would respond favorably to that. Favorably to that. I think Dick Coteau is a little above Nolan. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. You know. So uh, and then there's another establishing shot after we uh, finally pull away from that beach. Uh, another establishing shot on uh, the porn mansion um, that that goes on for a good good while. So you can really let it sink in, emotionally prepare yourself. It establishes the hell out of that mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that house is very well established, as it has been, you know, all 68 minutes previous. You know, one thing you can say for this movie is that you're never unprepared for uh, for a scene. <laughs> you- you're always emotionally ready. You know what characters you're going to see. You know what side of town you're on. You know which of the two houses you're in. You know what's going to happen, so y- you're, you're ready... F- you are ready for action to occur when it does. We see uh, Phil and Chris coming downstairs in their outfits that uh, Tina's Tina's app has uh, chosen for them. Man, that is one that is one smart book light because they're looking good. Yep, they are looking good. As they comment, uh, Phil goes, "You know, we look good." Uh, <laughs> That's how you know they look good. <laughs> yes. Um, and I also wanted to take a second here to talk about uh, Phil's Phil's dialogue here, where he says, you know, Tina doesn't know it yet, or not, but she's going to be one very wealthy young lady. And, you know, some might say that that sentence doesn't make any sense, and I would agree with them. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're trying to give Phil some kind of, you know, down-home charm by him going, <laughs> you know, Tina doesn't know it yet or not, but my whole family is from Texas, and I have never heard anybody say anything like that. And we don't believe <laughs> in book learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. here's, here's what I was thinking is they told him, you know what, why don't you ad-lib the first one? And then he made it down the stairs, and he kind of had this talk after the scene was uh, cut that I'm not doing the staircase more than once. I think it was like, maybe it was in his contract where he only did one take of everything. Phil comments that they look good. Chris agrees, and is like, you should develop that girl's program. And uh, Phil's like, Tina doesn't know it yet or not, but she's going to be one very wealthy young lady. And uh, Chris goes, cool. Cool. Um, As they as they are uh, having this uh, conversation, they are descending the stairs. Um, and I I know like when if you watch closely, um, as you there as they are descending the stairs, you can see in the background that their house uh, is not just weirdly decorated in the living room. Um, there is like a painting of three poppies on one wall and then on another wall my favorite thing I think in the house it, it one over the tree with the with the high heels is um, like a mermaid from the front of a ship who's like mounted and stuffed on a wall I, I don't know why that's weird to you doesn't everybody have that <laughs> I mean I have one in my living room but I, I figured it was kind of a specialty item. Uh, Man, you can get anything at Pier 1. Now, now a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> Whether they want to be or not. And Pier 1 has gone in down the tubes. They are radio shacking. <laughs> I want to um, thank you for pointing that out to me. Because as we, we were talking before, I didn't see it. I'm too busy. I guess, I don't know, it's the, it's the chin puff or it's the fact that, it's the fact that Phil is dressed um, not wearing uh, shirts with Spanish slang on them anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't even notice it in the background. I didn't notice it or not, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it is sweet callback, bro. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm trying my best. So, as um, this movie is, it's trying its best, just failing miserably. I don't know yeah. if it's even trying its best, though. I think it's trying like its like fifth best. But I didn't notice it either because I I was focused on what appears to be a dolly shot. Um, mm-hmm. One of the very few in the movie. I don't know if they like borrowed a dolly from a filmmaker friend or even like took the time and money to rent it, but like the camera actually moves and there's like a tilt. It's, you know, for this movie, it's like the equivalent of a Fast and Furious kind of shot. Uh, so right. I was, I was pretty <laughs> impressed. This shot, well, one thing- this shot is the equivalent of the rock jumping out of a car that's coming out of a skyscraper kind of thing. I mean, technically that was Vin Diesel, but yes. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'd like- Don't get your, your bulky actors mixed <laughs> yeah. up. I'd like to apologize um, to Dwayne Johnson for that. <laughs> one thing one thing I do appreciate about about this uh, this scene is that and this shot is that you get to see you see a little bit of a glimpse of the rest of the house kind of in the background as well and it is this mansion is fucking enormous and i can't get over how large this house is and we're supposed to like agree to the to the belief that just two dudes live in this absolutely monstrous house and it doesn't really seem to have anything in it like it doesn't right there's no like 
furniture. It's very sparsely pointed, which I guess maybe is, maybe that's appropriate. There's that half a car. That's, that's furniture. True. <laughs> yeah. There's half a car and a sectional, and that's about... Phil has a, a bed because we saw Duffy on it, so... Yeah, and there's like a desk in a hallway where he makes calls to Mr. Investor Man. Oh, and there's a, <laughs> there a sweet pool in the back, too, with a pissing boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, we call it the Porn Mansion uh, because it's definitely a house that was built... And remains standing because people, people film porn in there. Like there's really no other, no other option for uses of that house. But it's classy porn. They film the classier porn in there. Oh yeah, it's definitely like a paid website, you know. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> it's a subscription. <laughs> but anyway, so they are knock. They're walking down, uh, walking down the stairs. There is, uh, you know, they agree that Tina's gonna make lots of money, and that's cool. And then there's a knock on the door, and they stop, <laughs> very dramatically. And Chris goes, "That's Franny." And Phil goes, "I'll get out of your way." And then he just like really quickly disappears. Uh- <laughs> he exits quickly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He moves real fast, uh, especially for a dude wearing uh, flannel and a corduroy jacket in the summer. Just remember, just remember, Chris once said girls are weird, and Phil replied, yeah, they are, but they're pretty cool, too. <laughs> they're pretty cool, too, so, yeah. you know. This, this, that, that moment and this is essentially the birds and the bees speech for Chris, I think. <laughs> Phil is... Uh, you know, makes a quick exit so that maybe Chris will discover that girls are pretty cool. Um, he'll get a chance. <laughs> um, Chris already discovered like 10 minutes ago that boys are cooler, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris is having having a journey here with his uh, sexuality. That's really what this movie is about. That would have been amazing if that was what... Uh... Duffy had been sent there to do is to help Chris realize his sexuality. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a much better movie. He's like, you know how you, like, you, I just, I'm trying to imagine Duffy being like, hey, you know how you think girls are weird and you don't think boys are weird? Remember how much fun you had in the pool when the other guy was there? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should think about that. I'm just a cat, though, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, Chris opens the door, and Franny is wearing uh, my favorite outfit in the whole movie. Oh, she, Everybody. she is styling and profiling. Yes, uh, <laughs> she has been to Claire's, she has been to Forever 21, she's got her shit together. Um, she is wearing a purple um, <laughs> is purple plaid dress. I was going to say, is that purple plaid? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. That is fully purple plaid. And a matching bow tie necklace in the same fabric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell she is there. She is ready to meet her crush. She has planned this outfit. <laughs> She's got it going on. At some point, she had to stand in front of a mirror and say, yes, this does look good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She went, she looked in the mirror. She said, this is my uh, man slash pool stealing outfit. <laughs> And we all know the crush is the pool, right? It's not Chris, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. yeah but totally. she she knows she knows. I think she senses that Chris has had 
um, has had a bit of a moment with with a man, and she's like, ah, shit, some guy has already gotten access to this pool that I've been working all summer to get to. All he had to do was walk up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I've got to put on my cutest outfit. we got to get this going. It's all matching. It's perfect. Uh, Chris says, hi, Franny. And uh, because, you know, we're supposed to believe that Tina's uh, software has fundamentally changed everybody's lives by making them, you know, wear clothes that they already own. Uh, Franny goes, hi, Chris, you seem different. I mean, wearing a a tucked in button up is the universal sign for having your shit together. Like you've changed fundamentally as a person. And Chris goes, oh, I I, I didn't notice. (laughs) Which kind of that going back to Phil's earlier nonsense line, I feel like this is yeah. Right up there with that. Like, wh- why would you say that? What does that mean? Right. It's like you seem different. I didn't notice. Well, you know, one of the last times, one of the last times Chris and Franny spoke, they spoke about client tutor privileges and how there were none. Yeah. <laughs> Chris does yep. not strike me as the uh, the type that's going to woo anybody, man, woman, or whatever, off of their feet. Well, he is now, though, in that in that sharp new shirt. <laughs> it's tucked yeah. I mean, in, have Nick. you seen have you seen that he tucked in his shirt and he has like a white, a weird white belt that he got at Hollister? Like, look, he might have tucked <laughs> in his shirt, but I'm looking at a still shot now of Franny in that dress, and he didn't fix his collar. Oh, I, oh I'm just damn it. I'm noticing the back of his collar was a little up. You know, that's that's <laughs> amateur. That's rookie mistake. <laughs> There's only so much Tina's app can do. She, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just the first version. There'll be new builds. Yeah. It'll it'll improve yeah. on that. I mean, come on, it was a magical book like <laughs> slack. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh so Chris uh cuts right to the chase and goes, I was wondering since it's a little hot outside if you might want to swim first and study second. Since I'm fully dressed in like a nice button down shirt, let's get in the pool. Right now. Let's go. I always dress up to pool down. Yeah, you show up to a pool party in a in a three piece suit. It's what they'd least expect. Some people, yeah. some people are very shy about their bodies, and you know, they might wear a shirt or a pair of jeans and a white belt. I, hey, I'm not one to judge. I'm not one to judge. Yeah, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Um, I think it, it would be easier for him to say, "Hey." Uh, do you want to get in the pool if you show if he answers the door in like swim trunks and a t-shirt if he's if he's shy about his body but he wasn't shy about his body earlier uh, but that was with Trent and we all know that's that's a special relationship that's some guy love right there Franny says she'd like that she's like yes I can finally swim in this pool I don't the bow have to tie sit has worked <laughs> yes I knew this was like, my ah. best outfit yeah. He saw the bow tie. He knows what's up. Uh, and so she, go, she goes in, um, and then we cut to the forest. Yeah, then we're back to the Pacific Northwest. And we've got to adjust. The movie gives us some time. Yeah, plenty of time. Duffy, Duffy is walking in the forest. God, how, how short would this movie have been if they... I mean... All right, you want to establish the location you're at. I understand that. But let's take out all the nature and the mountains, the babbling right. brooks, the rivers, the beaches, all of it. This is like 22 minutes. Yeah, Maybe I would a, actually... Yeah. It's a half hour of commercials. I, I'd like somebody, not me, because <laughs> I 
have a life, but somebody I would love to see uh, actually do a cut of this movie without all that stuff. I think that'd be fascinating and a lot easier to watch. Yes, definitely. Oh, but actually going back for one second, uh, back into the house, as Chris is watching her leave, um, you know, sort of like the dolly shot, I was really impressed that they managed to set up an actual light. If you uh, look at Chris there, he appears to have like some kind of lamp shining directly on his face. Um, and just from a lighting perspective, I think, you know, it, the, it really just looked very professional that they actually took the time to set up one light and blast it at him. So, uh, you know, just good filmmaking, good filmmaking fundamentals there in that shot. Yes. So, uh, rave review from, <laughs> from Stephen Parkhurst here. Uh, the lighting looked professional in one scene. And I was uh, being sarcastic. It looked like crap. But <laughs> there was if, a light. You could if tell. that's not there a was, five-star Amazon review, yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there was a light on a character. You could see his face. Lighting and, was adequate in 69. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Anyway, Perfect. moving moving back to the forest where no yes. lighting existed, I'm pretty sure. Yes, there was no light. Uh, Duffy is walking uh, and... You know, it, we hear uh, the the Eric Roberts voiceover. Go, man, that's a that's a long trip, but I can fix this. I know I can. And everything seems like you know what? Everything seems like it's turning around. I think Duffy's gonna fix this. There can't possibly be any more obstacles in his way. No, uh, exactly. nothing. Everything, everything's this... gonna wrap up nice and tidy. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. And then wait. What? Stop right there. No. There is a screech no. of tires. Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and that's where the minute ends. Uh, the, the biggest cliffhanger uh, <laughs> since the what movie What is going to happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, it really ends on, on just, I don't even know what to think. What could possibly happen next? I, right. This is really the, the second act twist is hitting hard here. Yep. I just I just want to talk for a minute about the pacing of this movie because uh <laughs> this this whole this whole thing, the whole deal with the uh I'm just realizing the whole deal with the clothes and everything comes after the big fight with Susan where she tells everybody off and gets really mad. Um, which is supposed to be like this big inciting action to get um, Duffy to where he needs to be for the rest of the story to progress. No spoilers. I mean, that was that was literally two minutes ago. Right. In, in the in the 60s of an 85 minute movie, and the last seven minutes are credits. Right. Oh. <laughs> so so yeah, two minutes ago there was this big fight that all the stakes were raised, and then there's like three solid minutes of scanning scanning clothes with a book light was it only three um, minutes because it felt so much longer i i don't know i i would have to i would have to check um but there's a good block of scanning clothes with book lights and then and then after all of that happens then we get back to the main plot it's just it's just very bizarre everything up until when this minute starts for like the last three minutes yeah was uh was book lights and scanning and you know we start we start on waves and those waves were 
they went for about the last 15 seconds of the previous minute, uh, of which the first 45 seconds were just scanning. Just Right. Right, because I I just <laughs> recently recorded the episodes in which you know Susan Susan gets angry at everybody, and in my head I was like, okay, so the next scene, Duffy goes to their house, like walks to their house, he finally makes it, and I thought that was like literally the next scene. I had mentally blocked out that between here and there there was a ton of clothing scanning <laughs> happening. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, it's, it's like the, you know, the montage in Rocky where, you know, he his training <laughs> montage. Uh, this is the cinematic equivalent, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. This, all they um, needed to do was go beep boop with their mouth while they were doing it to really <laughs> That was the only thing the scene was missing. I mean, it's a, That's really it's true. It's a four and a half Amazon review for me because of the no beep boops. <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, we have thoroughly discussed this minute. Uh, does anybody else have any stray observations before we uh, say goodbye to our listeners? Uh, I mean, do you think it's cooler to have, uh, you know, episode 69 or will episode 70 with minute 69 uh, be cooler? Because I was really rooting uh, for having the best 69. <laughs> I think I think uh, episode 69 has got to be got to be the winner because yes. it's got it's in the title. It's in the title. That's true. Uh, All right, good. good. So, and we we have Franny looking fresh as fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody else gets this minute. The only thing lacking, the only thing lacking for Franny's outfit is that we didn't get the montage of her trying on the outfits to get to that outfit. Yes. Because oh, God, I would, you're right. Yeah, I would, what were the love, other I would love that. What outfits lost out to that outfit? <laughs> or or there was like a scene like there was in Clueless, you know, where uh where Cher's got like a like a computerized closet that like uh pairs things <laughs> up and you know, scrolls through. I would love to see a scene of Franny doing that and being like, I'm gonna wear all purple plaid today. I mean, I mean, her and Tina are such good friends. The two of them in, in Franny's bedroom trying on the different outfits. and Yeah. What do you think yeah. of this purple plaid? It's good, but it's missing this. Presents the bow tie necklace. <laughs> Ties the whole outfit together. Yep. <laughs> I mean, does Franny get the little uh, magical book light? Like... Imagine what she could do with it. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, if, if Tina if Tina and Franny are friends, does that mean Tina's, like, the uh, beta tester? Right. Does she have, like, a super um, technologically advanced closet? I mean, that would that would explain her hyper-coordinated outfit. <laughs> it's the only explanation, really. <laughs> but if, yeah. if Franny had a, had a futuristic closet, you'd think she'd have a pool and she wouldn't need to be here. That's true. Hey, man, pools are Good expensive. Point. Yeah, everybody's got a futuristic closet, but pools, yeah, man, come on. that's upkeep. You don't. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe she has a pool and she's just too lazy to clean it. Mm. Yeah, she's they like are this pain. person has a clean pool. Too busy, <laughs> too busy organizing her bow tie necklaces. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for uh, for coming back and being my guest on this minute. Uh, I really had fun talking with talking through it with you guys. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a blast. Thank you for having me. And yeah. uh, you know, please, you know, if you're still out there listening, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please, please get some help. Um, <laughs> but uh, you have been listening to episode sixty nine of Phew, the Talking 69. Cast. 
Woo, 69! Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Can't get enough of Talking Cast? Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cast. Follow us on Twitter at Cast, And you can help out the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Bye-bye. See you later. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The Talking Cast is about to begin. It's a that was episode 69 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Sammy C, with guest hosts Nick Healy and Stephen Parkhurst. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. There's a distinct lack of beep boops in this movie. <laughs> Harsh but fair, I think. <laughs> I stand by it. No beeps, no boops, no five stars. <laughs>